Oh, so this game of red light, green light continues. Tim, I don't know if I've ever been more overwhelmed with information <laughs> yeah. than I was yesterday with everything going on. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC claims they are fully going full steams ahead with everything right now. It was so day. much and a lot to gather yesterday. And we're going to break everything for you down. On the Locked On Syracuse podcast with you today, Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. Be sure to check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We are the only place to get daily Syracuse Orange podcasts. All right, so I guess we start in the ACC. Let's let's go zoom in before we zoom out on everything here. So the news of the day, at least on the ACC front, is the fact that the conference is looking forward to just trying to power through this best they can. And it kind of feels like the ACC is caught in a little bit of limbo right now. They're not going to make the decision themselves, it feels like. They're going to kind of go based on who's going to pull them the hardest. Is it going to be the, the people with the, ACC, or with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that are going to pull the hardest? Is it going to be the SEC that pulls the hardest? And it feels like that's where the ACC and the Big 12 are as we stand today on Tuesday. I feel like, I mean, I think you're right. I just, I feel like ACC is kind of more in on playing than the Big 12. The Big 12 to me right now is Switzerland. Like they are very neutral. I was going to say the same thing about the ACC, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but that's kind of how they I feel came they out are today. Too. And based on the comments that was said today, and there's, I mean, so much stuff happened today. You got, there's so much, so many different ways we could go. You got the Frost comments at Nebraska, which I think some people are overreacting to because at the end of the day, the players and the, and the coaches and the ADs, I think their voices are somewhat heard, but it, it's the presidents as we've talked about. And even the commissioners. The university presidents and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's. Right. That, to me, is being overblown, what Nebraska is saying. I mean, you've even got the Big 12 commissioner come out and say that's astonishing. I don't know how to take astonishing in that context, but that was his quote on a text to a journalist about hearing that Frost and Nebraska are thinking about just disbanding from the Big 10. So it comes out 12-2 to vote, Nebraska and Iowa. I think Dan Patrick reports that, that the Big 10, 12-2 voted, let's cancel the season. We know right. they met last night. By the time you're listening to this, the Big Ten might have canceled. To me, I, I feel like the Big Ten is it's inevitable. Like it's happening and I'd be I'd be very surprised if it didn't happen today on Tuesday. Yeah, so much has that... changed, but also not changed from yesterday. Listen, I'm hoping we can take yesterday's show, ball it up into a big wad of paper and throw it in the trash can. That's yeah. the way I feel, that's the way I'm hoping. I'm hoping everything we said yesterday was wrong. Okay? Absolutely. But as we stand right now, at least as of us recording this at 10.30 p.m. Monday night, everything that we said yesterday still pretty much holds. So I, I, I just find it so hard to believe with everything that's going on. It seemed like there were a lot of wheels in motion, and it feel, felt like it was more of a mom said no to the sleepover, and you're trying to convince her every reason why you and Jimmy should be able to spend the night together. Like, that's, that's the way that felt. The entire back and forth between the Big Ten and then the players and coaches coming out and saying everything that they said. Yeah, because then reports come out that there was no vote. And the Big Ten spokespeople are saying, now, we have not voted, we have not made any decisions. Well, as I said, I think the Big Ten, 
Because the way I look at this is we also found out the Mountain West is postponing or canceling. Right, they're, however they're done. Wanna, Old yeah. Dominion, another team that also yep. axed their season. And Rice University is moving their season back. So a right. whole lot of stuff happening. But interesting that Old Dominion axes and Conference USA, the conference they play in, said we're going to proceed as normal right now. That doesn't affect us. So worth noting that. But to me, the Mountain West is in line with the Pac-12. That's the Pac-12's little brother. The MAC is the Big Ten's little brother in these scenarios. So it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So because they're so intertwined and and they're similar and and I I You're do scheduling think, your your buy games against those teams. Right. I, I talk to anyone and they'll tell you that is close to the situation or you read anything, they'll say what the Mac did definitely affects what the Big Ten is going to well, do. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if if the Big Ten cancel, then that certainly cancels the Mac, but I don't think it works the other way around. The Mac canceling, I don't think necessarily means this the is Big just Ten's what I've canceling. read that people are and saying. And I say that because the reason why these Mac teams can generate revenue is because of the money that they get to play these Big Ten teams. It's because of the money that these Mountain West teams get from playing these Pac 12 teams. Meanwhile, the Pac 12, if, if they can't schedule Mountain West teams or they can't schedule these uh or in the big 10 can't schedule these mac teams they're actually saving money by yeah doing so that. let me clarify that's not my opinion on the matter that's me reading from nicole arbeck and people like that saying that is going to affect the big 10 what the mac did and it's been said uh, this isn't my take that the mac is the little brother of the Big Ten. That's just out there that the Mountain West is also... I, I agree with that, though. I, I believe that the parallels yeah. are there between both conferences. So, I guess what I'm... A long way of me saying, I think it's inevitable that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to come out in the coming days, maybe even today on Tuesday, and say, our conference, we're postponing college football. It's not happening in the fall. All fall sports are done. And they're going to say... Because of safety reasons. So then the question is, because we know the Big 12 is kind of neutral. I think the ACC and SEC, based on what was today, I mean, the ACC kind of jumped in to me with the SEC more today than I was expecting. So it's kind of ACC and SEC versus Pac-12 Big 10. And I think the Big 12 will be important which side they go to right now. But it's just tough because the question then becomes... How can the ACC say, hey, the Big Ten's got their medical officials on the case, and they said it's not safe, but we think it's safe. That's where I think from even just a PR standpoint, it is tough for the ACC to proceed with the season. And I'm still... Yeah, someone's wrong. We don't know who's wrong, but someone is wrong. Yeah. In terms I... of their, their medical insight that they're getting. As you said earlier, I still... And this is not me being Debbie Downer. I, I want this to happen, as we always say, but I still don't see a world where the ACC is playing football in the fall, based on the reports. Now, it could be that the ACC and the SEC take much longer to call it than the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do, because that seems inevitable that that's coming soon. Yeah, I agree with that. So one of the... Meeting. So the big meeting last night was the the Big Ten. It looks like it, I believe it was with the, all the ads, but 
to me, that meeting doesn't mean much to me. I don't know about you, but yeah. the way I see it is just I'll wake up from my snooze when it's the president's meeting and they have something to say. Because at the end of the day, kind of like how we said yesterday, it's going to be the president's, it's going to be the public health officials, and really there aren't going to be a lot of sports minds involved, I think, in making these decisions. It's going to be coming from the side of academia. They're going to be the ones that either go full steam ahead with this or exit. And right now, it seems like everyone is trying to give them a reason why they shouldn't exit. Axing yeah. it right now feels like the leader in the clubhouse. No doubt. Also, it's worth noting, I believe that the ACC decision, the guy who's going to release the decision is Ken Siverett. Because he is the board member of right. the, the task force. He, he's or, got a yeah, he's got a big voice in it. Yeah. And that's the guy, you know, he was the person that came out as the leader of making the schedule announcement and releasing conference only and publicizing that. His name was on that. He wrote a little thing about it. So that just goes to show you it's it's actually the Syracuse Chancellor who is the head of this. That that's the decision makers who are making the decisions here. And, I mean, I, I think you already said this to an extent. We talked about it yesterday. Yes, I was not expecting probably this much opposition towards the season canceling. Because last night, which is Sunday night in Locked On time when we were talking, it was really looking very, very bleak. It, it is looking better in terms of this might make it through the week. But all the same problems that we talked about yesterday are still there. And I still just don't see how the ACC goes forward after the Big Ten and the Pac-12 inevitably come out with their news that it's not safe enough to play college football in the fall. All right, we'll keep discussing this whole college football dilemma we've got going on right here. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It comes in countless different flavors, and it's covered in 100% chocolate, and it's the best reward for a workout. No better way to wrap up a little jog on the treadmill or lifting some weights than with a Built Bar. Built Bar is great for any health-conscious guy, and if you want to lose or maintain weight, well, guess what? Either way, it's for you. Low calorie, low sugar, and high protein and high fiber, so you're getting the maximum benefits from your daily workouts. And right now, for a limited time only, you can go to BuiltBar.com. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your first order. I've got the three schools that we need to be watching this week. You know what those schools are? They're Notre Dame, they're NC State, and they're UNC. And we said this yesterday, too. Those are the three schools that went back in session, all right? And everyone's talking about how they feel safer on campus than they would at home. And I think they're one, the players, that is. And those players are, I believe, 1,000% correct in the fact that they are going to feel safer on campus than they are at home. But they feel safer on campus when there's no students there. Once the students start to trickle in yeah. and the students start making some of the irresponsible decisions, that's what can have an impact on the players and the, the safety that they feel and the protocols that they're going through. I think that's where you're going to see the, the line start to be drawn in the sand is these next couple of weeks. I think Syracuse goes back the 24th, I believe. A number of other schools go back the 17th. 
those are your your dates to watch right now because if nothing happens in these next couple of days, we'll see what happens when these students start flooding back into campuses. Yeah, I mean that was the initial the original timetable is what we thought that would be, which is let's wait and see if there's any outbreaks on campus. And if we get through that cleanly, if these training camps practices go on without outbreaks, we're going to give this a go and, and, and start it up. That's how we were talking once the schedule. And that's the way they out. should have gone about it. I mean, they, I think they've, they've done things right in a sense. However, I do think that a bubble of some sort was possible and they elected not to do it. Now, another thing that I think that could be done and this would, this would really get people going, but you would have to have these university presidents say, all right, if we want college football, students can't come to campus because that's the only way we feel safely that this thing can be pulled off. And if you don't bring those students to campus, then yes, these players are going to feel a lot safer in their quote unquote local bubbles. And you just transfer those local bubbles from city to city whenever you go play your games. And I think that's that's really the only way that this could have been done. And then that brings up the whole larger issue that the NCAA does not want to open, which is probably going to happen regardless based on how everything is going about with these athlete demands during this time. Uh, it brings up the larger issue of are they quote-unquote student athletes? If students yeah. are told to stay home and they're not staying home, are they really student athletes in, in the definition of it? And that, by that definition, I would say no. They absolutely do not want to sacrifice the amateurism of these athletes. That That is top of the list in why this might not happen. Also, if you're wondering, okay, if the original timetable was let's wait and see how these colleges do when they get back to campus and wait and see how training camp's going, and now we're scrapping that, why are we scrapping that? If you're wondering that, I do think the reports coming out about the Big Ten being concerned about the rare heart condition that has links to COVID is a big, big factor in that because there have been five Big Ten conference athletes, according to reports, multiple reports, that have already sort of showed symptoms of this and showed a link to it. And there's been others in Power Five conferences as well that to me is has been a very big thing in the past three, four days over the weekend now that has made the Big Ten say that's yet another example of the unknown surrounding this disease right now and the unknown surrounding this entire situation that make the liability and the potential liability so strong. Because if you are a president of a college and one of these decision makers within the Big Ten Let's just play hypothetical. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's just say, I mean, we don't know a ton about this disease right now. So let's just say that this rare heart condition that is popping up, which has been around, but it's now that five it's been, athletes. Yeah, it's been prevalent in other viruses too, but yeah. it doesn't seem like it's as strong with some of these other viruses. Yeah, higher frequency in COVID. But let's just say that uh, three months from now, we find out that, yeah, like, there was a strong link to that and they went back to playing football and then that becomes a thing in hindsight bias that's like holy cow a lot of players are getting that and we should have seen that coming well then the liability that the schools are taking on is enormous right and, and yeah it's the cardiac arrest that this can elite that this um 
this heart condition can lead to yeah. that causes the problem. Right, which is fatal, potentially. And again, some people are probably listening to this and saying that's a complete overreaction. Why are we jumping to saying that's going to happen when it's probably very unlikely? There's no way to prove right now that it won't happen. That's that's where we're at in this disease. And that's why this is such a tough decision. And this is a thing that has so much potential liability, which is the really big thing, along with the amateurism for these schools. Because if they can't prove for without a shadow of a doubt that there's a chance that that could happen, I don't know how you proceed and, and say you guys are amateur athletes and we're putting you through that, but there's a chance that that could happen down the road. And to kind of to get back to my, my point about the, the students and if you didn't bring them back, I, this is why I think that could work too, is the fact that we've seen all these kind of initiatives come out, the hashtag we want to play. And it seems like there's enough buy-in from the athletes that no matter what happens, we want to play. We yeah. even under pretty much any circumstances, these guys want to play. I mean, we've seen it from Aaron Belinsky. Yeah. Taj Harris. I'm sure a number of other Syracuse athletes have come out. And I, although I am kind of scrolling through Twitter right now, I see this come up from Tommy DeVito. I'll let you react to this kind of in real time because I don't think you've seen this, but he sent out a, a, he went to the notes app, Tim went to the notes app, put out a little screenshot and says, From the moment we were sent home in March to returning back to school in June, we were working. After returning to campus, we continued working with one goal in mind, the upcoming season. Regardless of what happens, the countless hours of work have been put in. If the season happens, now or next year, the work doesn't stop. We will push ourselves harder while the goal remains the same, the upcoming season. We will stay focused and be ready for whatever comes next. Kind of feels like he's being... He's being pretty vague, though, about when that next season is yeah. coming. He's not saying hashtag we want to play, but he's I think the key word there is working off the top as well, because he commented sort of in response to one knucklehead on Twitter earlier. I don't know if you have that. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And about it was, making the, the students sign a waiver and the university's right. not liable for the health. No one's going for that. Right. No, and no one's doing that. This this guy basically that was, said that was one of those things that got brought up early on, and pretty much every athlete came out and said, and every parent said, no. Uh-uh, right. It's not happening. Right. Yeah, I, I think that is definitely not a possibility. So I, I think it's interesting that he chose working because it sounds to me like, you know, I think most college athletes feel that way that they should probably be getting paid, and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I I do think that's an interesting choice of words, given his reaction to that first guy sort of saying that, and then he quote tweeted it with a couple emojis. Right. And again, Tommy DeVito has the loudest voice in the room when it comes to Syracuse. We've kind of talked about how Trevor Lawrence, he's got the loudest voice in the room when it comes to college basketball. And when you zoom that in to the Syracuse side of things Tommy DeVito has got the loudest voice in terms of the players. Yeah. And so for him to, I think he wants to play, but I think at the same time he wants to be safe as well. That's just the way that I read into that. So this is also just amazingly fluid. <laughs> like I'm looking at Kirk Herbstreet tweeting now. And again, I mean, we waited to do this podcast till at night, but I mean, things are just coming out. Reports are coming out all the time. And Herb Street said something earlier, like 
Just to be clear, the Big Ten is debating whether to delay the season, not to cancel it. And then he quotes his own tweet, I'm seeing now, as we're talking about three hours later, and is basically just giving himself a, a back-out option, that, saying this is a fluid situation. So I don't want to read the entire tweet because it's kind of long. But anyway, my point there is Kirk Herbstreit knows a lot about college football. Knows a lot of people. He was the one that was saying what back in like April or May that it wasn't happening. Right. He was kind of the first person to to be that way. And it sounded crazy then. But my point is he knows a lot and he's coming out like this is changing by the minute and who knows what happens in the next twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah, we'll probably have a lot more answers. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do is is tell you guys what the temperature is right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's looking better than it was yesterday. I still think a lot of the same questions are still there, though, and I'm not too optimistic. Yeah, I'm not feeling much has changed from yesterday. I just think that you're you're starting to see the other side of things start to pull on the the tug of war a little bit harder and a little, a little bit more publicly than we had seen before. Speaking of someone who is pulling in the direction of college football— Jim Beheim had some interesting comments to say yesterday. We will talk about those coming up next. So yesterday, Jim Beheim on SiriusXM with Chris Spatola. Some interesting thoughts from him. And if you haven't seen it or on social media or maybe you were listening to it live, we'll play it for you in just a second. But Jim Beheim, one of the biggest voices, not just in the Syracuse community, but really in all of college sports, not just college basketball, college sports, he's that important to the landscape of the NCAA. But here's what he had to say on the state of college sports right now. And again, this is not just college basketball he's talking about. He's talking about college football too, and whether he or not he thinks they should go on. Well, what I see is with younger younger people under 25, there's nobody's dying. Anybody healthy is can get sick. 40 to 50% of the cases are are probably uh, with no effects. But when you see the football players coming back and when they initially come back and test positive, that means they got it at home. Since they've been back on campus, these same football players are testing negative and are practicing already with no effects. Uh, You see that all over. You see the sports leagues that have started, there's, there's been a couple little disruptions, but for the most part, these got healthy athletes either asymptomatic or they don't get anything from this disease. And I just don't see why we don't push forward like all the other sports have. And you're talking about college kids that are going back to school and you're talking about high school kids that are going back to school. Because in my mind, this could go on for two years or three years. Are we just going to stop everything for two years or three years? I am not a great believer in a vaccine. We The flu vaccine still doesn't work. And we've been looking for that for 30 years or so. So I don't see a cure coming. And if there's not a cure coming, are we just going to give up and sit home for the next two years? So one thing that I think with Jim Beheim, when it comes to what he's talking about here, first of all, I think, A, 
This is a guy who gets it because even though he's at a hoops university, he understands that college football steers the NCAA ship. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's just the way that it is. It is a college football run organization, and he knows that's where the money is. And I think for the most part, he had a lot of valid things to say there, especially yeah. in the first half of what he was saying. I thought he was right. Again, I've always thought that players are – a thousand percent safer at school with no one on campus and they are at home now when students infiltrate into the campus that changes that whole conversation in my opinion but here's here's where i think he goes wrong he goes wrong when he says colleges and high schools are, are starting to bring students back because that's where the problem lies the problem lies with that whole aspect of this conversation and it's a little bit hypocritical of what he was saying and we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show about his plan for college basketball working is that you get the students off campus after that Thanksgiving period have them gone until the new year essentially and that's when you squeeze in a, a college basketball season right there yeah I don't like totally disagree with what Beheim is saying there I'm just more looking at it from that is not like if the NCAA decision makers were listening to him, they would immediately say, we don't have all the facts about this disease. Like he, he didn't directly compare it to the flu, but he talked about how we still don't have the flu yeah, the, vaccine. The vaccine isn't some panacea. Right. And as I said earlier, who knows what we think of this disease and what the correlations are for long-term effects in a year. Because, I mean, you see stuff every day. If you're tracking this, it's like, oh, you uh, you can pick it up in the air now. Is kind of like one of the latest ones that's coming out this week. And to be cautious of that. And there's just these new stats. Because people, these scientists, they're trying to figure it out. And I think the NCAA would be quick to bring that up when they heard if they could have a conversation with Beheim, they would say, hang on a second. This isn't the flu. I know he's not directly comparing it, but the vaccine, like we can't just compare it vaccine wise to the flu because we don't have the facts. And I really think that is a big reason why they're hesitant to say, let's play football this fall, because what if there is long term effects? We don't know. I think one of the other things that goes along with this is I don't think he knew about the the heart stuff when he said this. Um, yeah. Just based on the the way that he went about it, I don't think that was something that he knew about because that, obviously that came out later in the day as well. That came out what around, around like six o'clock, I believe. Uh, I mean, it was kind of like out, that. but he also just could have not seen it. Then. Right. I mean, it's kind of so, out on Sunday night a little bit, but so there's that part of it. And I mean, one of the other things that I, I disagree with what he was saying is how this is how all the other sports are going off pretty much without a hitch. And I would agree with that part. I would say that pretty much all the leagues that have come back have come back effectively. I mean, say what you want about MLB, but for the most part, they're chugging along and doing so in uh, in a responsible man manner, in my opinion. But the part where I disagree with is, I mean, you cannot compare college sports to other sports. You are blending an entirely yeah. different ecosystem. You are talking about the densest form of population in America coming together with these college campuses, and you're just blending those ecosystems left and right from all over the world. And that's just something that is not 
comparable to all of these other sports. He does make some good points along the lines of what's going to be different in the spring, which, again, that's the answer that everyone would like to know right now. If there's a vaccine, great. And he's saying, like, if we don't have a vaccine, how are we going to be thinking differently about college football? So let's just start it up or let's start up college basketball. I I do agree. I mean, that's a concern is that, okay, if we roll around to the spring and we had pushed it back and there's no vaccine, what are we going to do then? But it's also doesn't, I mean, these are amateur athletes. And if you want to, you know, ruin the amateurism, you can't keep amateurism and say, hey, it's a pandemic, which it is. And then, but besides that, let's go play football. And you guys are going to have to, you know, make it through it because it's different than the NBA in that regard. And totally also, he's citing bubble sports. I mean, MLB is the only one that you brought up with the little caveat there of some people might disagree. And that's because that's the only non-bubble one outside of, I guess, like the PGA Tour, but that's still sort of a, I, I don't know, it, and that had some positive You essentially too. go to a bubble once yeah. you, you head in and go to the tournament. And, and that's only a, a four-day stint at a time type of deal, right. too. And golf's so. easier in terms of right, not spreading yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow we'll probably be going over much of the same because we'll probably know a lot more tomorrow yeah. by the time uh, everything goes down, whether it's meetings, whether it's announcements. So we will keep you all up to date and continue to watch this situation because, listen, we were hoping we were wrong on Monday, but it's certainly not looking that way as of right now. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.